0: one of the ways that I really recommend is for people to come together in small groups every week and make yourself a little group and I, I think Dean aren't you don't you have a name for those groups do you have a name for
1: groups yeah, like we that call, we call that safe circle
0: yeah so your safe circle so I call it a possibility team it's the same thing or a study group even but but the point is to, is to is to find other people who who are having the same kind of questions and when we come together in our group every week we start building the courage to to ask those questions of each other or of ourselves and to become aware of some of the potential because it's so easy to see potential in other people it's just not easy to see potential in ourselves and so um if if we can come together in these groups then it's you can look at God you have this potential can't you see that about yourself look what you can do look what you are look what you can say and and look what you're feeling and I want to hear what you're feeling and please tell me what you're thinking and feeling and all of a sudden there's this space that's that's a safe space that is a a sacred safe space that you can have every week in which you can unfold a little of this potential that that you didn't even know that you didn't know about.
1: I'm Dean Walker and welcome to the Poetry of Predicament podcast, a podcast for people brave enough to face humanity's challenges and problems, and most importantly, our numerous predicaments. The Poetry of Predicament is a podcast meant to inspire us to bring forth grace, beauty and connection with the web of life, in the face of a predicament-laden world. Our guest this episode of Poetry of Predicament podcast is the prolific author and facilitator and, as he might say, possibility manager, Clinton Callahan. He joins us to speak about being outrageously connected, inspired, and alive, even in the face of a predicament-laden world easily one of the most inspiring and engaged leaders I've ever met, this is a juicy conversation. Welcome Clinton Callahan. So um, I'm just uh, thrilled today on this episode of the Poetry of Predicament podcast to have um, a gentleman that I, uh, I got to meet about, what was it, four or five years ago? We were both on a, a trip to the Yucatan that was uh, hosted by uh, Gary Stamper and Carolyn Baker, and um, you know, I I didn't know at the time just what a lovely trip that would be in every conceivable way for me. And and I'm happy to hear your experience as well. The uh, the places we ended up staying and going were uh, far better than if we had gone to the the really uh, big touristy places so there was a magic in that and in our tour guide who was actually a, a ridiculously competent and deep shaman young man in in the center of the yucatan and uh and i had the pleasure of meeting clinton and uh you had a, a real posse with you you had a number of people who uh were evidently involved with your uh, your body of work your uh some of your trainers and uh of course you know that's what I want to dive into and hear about how everything's going with your projects now. And when I got to meet you, Clinton, I got to say, you know, um, I it, I had been a it had been a while since I had been working in directly in the transformational training world, like with the Est Training or what became the Forum and life spring and a number of other transformational organizations that were kind of the early foundational experiences that i the lineage i grew up in and there was a certain kind of quality of possibility quality of conversation that where we would talk about it was just the it was the water we swam in so it was exciting and it was uh vibrant and um it was a way of of having people from diverse backgrounds being able to work together in extraordinary ways um and now we live in a time where if, depending on which marketing channel you're listening to, you can have transformational socks, you know, so, so it's become kind of a diluted conversation. And what I discovered when I, um, when I had the pleasure of meeting you and your team was that there was some of that vibrance that I hadn't felt in a while in in your work and i i trust that it has continued because i continue to get your email updates and they're they're always full of new and again vibrant um ideas actions programs you know so you're you're uh really keeping that flame alive and so it's it's a pleasure to connect with you it's been way too long and um you know, I'm just gonna leave it to you to introduce yourself and uh, as you would want to be introduced. And um, and I think if you would just launch right into where you currently are and saying whatever you'd like to say to for historical context so people can understand the basis of your work, but I'll leave that to you and really great to see you.
0: Yeah, nice to see you too. I was thinking while you were talking here how, it was way back in 1975 when I was at the university studying physics. And I remember signing up at the university for for something I really wanted to study. I sat down at the registration desk and the lady said, well, what, what do you want to learn? And God, nobody would ever asked me that before. <laughs> I, I said, well, well, to be honest, I want to learn magic. I want to learn transformation and evolution stuff i want to guide healing processes and i want to do paraphysics and metaphysics and she goes hold on we have physics and so they (laughs) i signed up for physics and after after some years at the university i realized i wasn't really learning what i i came there to learn and i was i got pissed off enough to put up a little poster on the wall and said that I'm not learning what I wanted really to learn. And anybody else who had the same thing going on, we could just talk about it and see what could come out of it. Well, 75 people showed up at this meeting, and I'd never given a talk before in front of a group, so I was pooping in my pants, you know. It was really serious sweat coming out. And uh, I don't remember what I said, but we started to meet once a week. And doing experiments of the kind that in our case did not have to do with a drugs and sex and rock and roll even though this was back in the 70s it was more it was more more expansion awareness expansion exercises and deepening our abilities to communicate and connect and be present and pay attention to our attention and just whatever we could we could experiment with and it was fantastic and whatever worked I just started have a kind of a neurotic little writing uh, habit and I just started documenting everything that worked and it eventually over the years wherever I would move into a different city I would always put up a little poster somewhere something similar and people would always show up and Over these over the years this has developed into what's called possibility management. So when I got to Europe back in 1995, I uh, I Was outside of the morphogenetic field of America and when I would go into a liquid state of learning something Wild I didn't have to reshape back into being an American exactly and since I was in Germany at the time I and i couldn't become a german because i was too old i wasn't a baby anymore so i became more myself i think that's what really happens for people so out of that then emerged this first expand the box training back in 1998 in hamburg and since then i at the beginning of course i had to offer these myself because nobody else knew what i was talking about about the distinctions about how to how to become a source of possibility in my life in this service to other people and also to the village whatever group i was working with and this becoming a source of possibility i thought was uh, fantastic at the same time when i started introducing it to other people i realized that that there were handicaps there were blocks there were um serious uh problems going on for example people didn't know how to feel so and people if you don't know how to feel because it's too afraid you're too frightening to actually feel because the program from modern culture is that there's three bad feelings and and one good feeling you know anger and sadness and fear bad or negative and that's the thoughtware that we get from modern culture and in fact being really extraordinarily happy is is extra not allowed because then obviously you're not paying attention to the news you haven't you haven't read the newspaper, you're not taking life seriously and you you're probably you know on drugs or childish or being irresponsible or obviously don't have enough work to do so being happy is could almost be the worst of the four feelings to have so we're we have this really high numbness bar from from childhood on to block all this stuff and so if if these are actually if the feelings are actually rocket fuel for delivering your archetypal lineage in the world and if these are the the information and energy you need to be present and interact and it's blocked off well people can't be a source of possibility so we ended up having to do a whole lot of research to to get people into the into being adult and present and so this is the bulk of the first part of of possibility management is getting people into adulthood and in presence and and that alone is significant it's wildly successful and amazingly powerful it's a totally different life experience to be out of the childhood ego state or you know imitating our parents and so so and and so for the first really 10 years of possibility management that was so so startlingly new that people didn't even know what to make of it but in the last five or six seven years i think with the the more awareness of global warming and 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 these huge uh pollution problems and conflict problems and the insanity of what kinds of people are are voted into office at high levels of government and these kinds of things these these shocking events are Are having people are waking up more and more, and so as of now, the some of the the distinctions that we're writing into Sparks are being translated into 14 different languages, and there's there there are trainers right now in in five different countries, I think, uh, starting to deliver expanded box trainings and possibility labs, and really providing this possibility management stuff for people and supporting their Evolution, their conscious evolution of consciousness in a big way. And it's just really exciting. So, yeah. I, yeah. you know, there's all this bad news about global warming and the lethal effects of our near term future. At the same time, it's cracking the status quo in a way that nothing else can. And there's such an opportunity right now to take responsibility for your own evolution. So, this is an exciting time to be alive. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely got that in meeting you and your team. And um, just again want to acknowledge that it it is a special language that that you're speaking right now. And I think that I have some parallel from a different lineage, an an ability to at least hear you. You know, mm-hmm. I may not have had the, the identical experience by any stretch, but I think there's enough Uh, parallel that we can share some language here and I don't know what your experience is but one of the biggest challenges in in being on what I consider to be the leading edge of the conversation of the collapse of earth and human systems that we're in we for a number of different reasons don't even have a language to talk about what's going on if we were willing to talk about it which collectively we're still not and so um to then get to this dimension you're talking about which is growing and expanding that edge you know that that experiential and that edge of possibility um that requires a language that we must share Mm. and some overlap some shareable experience, some mutuality of experience that we can then have together and then Mm -hmm. grow out into new possibility. I don't know if that sparks you to speak about the next chapter of what you'd like to say, but that's what... Sure. Yes. Uh, because,
0: Because I've had to give it a name, what we are. The people who go first. I've had to call us edge workers. You know, edge worker is it is the name, and I imagine the people listening to you and us now are edge workers. And if it really helps, I find to have an understanding of, of a person who has the courage to admit that the the experience of what I call modern culture, or or the, the I also call it the um, standard human intelligence thoughtware that we're given by, uh, by unconsciously by school and parents and media, that this um, if, if the person gets un- like, like present enough with themselves and un- un- unhappy enough with that, that that it will empower them to go to the edge of the existing field of awareness or thoughtware or, or that or and and then stand there, you know almost every day we're brought to the to that edge by shocking news of war or, or, or destruction of some ecosystem or something like that um, but we bounce back usually uh, reflexively back to the middle to be accepted by the ordinary and but but more and more people have are coming to the edge and being able to stand there and when you stand at the edge of of the culture you realize it's a culture, and you realize it has an edge, which is, you know, modern culture does not, it markets itself as the hottest thing that human beings have ever invented, and it's just crap, you know? It's just really a uh, marketing scam, because, because when you stand at the edge, you have go, oh, you know, this is only one of the thousands of possible ways to be alive on the planet, and it's an unsuccessful way. It's a terminal way. And just because so many people are, have been hypnotized and zombieized into serving a game world for which they do not know the values, because you know, we serve the values of every game world that we play in, whether it be banks or school or politics or the grocery store or the car, whatever game world we're playing in, We've, we serve those values. And if you don't know the values of the game world that you play in, you end up being a, a zombie, really. And yeah. so, so, to wake up from God, I spent my whole life being a zombie, and now I'm at the edge, and now I have some choices I didn't have before, one of which is I can go back in and pretend like I didn't see the edge, or I can I can look out over the edge, and oh my God, look at, there's other other cultures to look at. And so um, the building the bridges from the edge of modern culture to other cultures uh, is a is called being a bridge builder and an edge worker. And I think that, that um, I used to think that speaking to the choir was a waste of time. Do you know what I mean by speaking to the people who are already converted or already awake? But I've, I've changed my mind about that because if, if there's anything I can do to empower the bridge builders to make them more effective at being able to speak about what they're doing or communicate about what they're doing or actually implement what they're doing, hey, this, the, game, the game goes up it's really yeah. amplifies. And so that's what I've been doing lately is, for example, right now I'm in a, an eco-village in the North Island, the North part of the South Island of New Zealand, it's called TUI Community, and they just asked us to come in and consider their context of their game world, to consider what they can do to upgrade their thoughtware and the way that they interact with each other so that they can actually be themselves more. And we just spent two days the last weekend and it was fantastic. And just a couple of weeks before then, we were in Germany at Zeg community doing the same thing. And it's possible to take radical responsibility for the context of the culture or game world that you're playing in. And it's a fantastic work to to expand your consciousness that way, to to take responsibility that way and yeah. Yeah. it's my calling it's basically my archetypal lineage puts me from project to project these days
1: <laughs> right and right. It's,
0: that's what the kind of work that we're doing and i it's so great it's really wonderful
1: yeah uh if you don't mind i'm i'd like to re- rewind just a little bit and recap from my listening because uh you covered a lot of ground that i'm uh i'm seeing time after time for these past couple of years in particular, since I published uh, my first book uh, in 2017, The Impossible Conversation. Mm. And it was, you know, really the story of my woke moment and then vetting the information about how things are happening much more quickly and more intensely than we could ever imagine. And so, and so what got us here and what's, possible out in front and what I've been seeing since then through the frame of, of the work that I've done for decades which is some form or another of training or consulting or you know from the in the corporate domain in the organizational de- development domain and then also working in personal development mm-hmm. all in excellence and, and intimacy and so on and what I've been seeing also is uh, I always have a part of my attention on how how's the how's the dynamic here how's the organization here mm. what is what's actually being expressed what's in perhaps in in a way that you you talk talk about with people you know what's possible given what people have present mm. and, um you know, I, I have a lot of compassion, and it's, it's one of the tragedies that we're living in right now. Is that I, I get to meet many people who have deep and broad hearts, and they, they mean so well. They want to give into this, contribute in some valuable way in the face of the collapse of Earth and human systems and, and all the drama that's going on. And yet all we have is what we've been immersed in since birth mm. in this culture. That's all the tools we ever got. And so what then happens is you take that beautiful heart that is just really mm. cracked open in such a gorgeous way and they're so clear they want to contribute yeah. and outcomes the shadow that is so pervasive that it now runs literally every part of the visible world that's going on yeah and it's also very much present at the individual level yeah so i'm recapping this way because i i want to be sure people who are watching you know hear it in terms that they might be able to say wow yeah my you know my feelings have gotten hurt or that relationship collapsed because of our discord or shadow or that sort of thing and and to just sort of stir up a listening Mm. for what you just laid out for us what Mm. you team and your your body of work represents is perhaps there's a way even though i've all i've ever known Mm. is this shadow filled addictive automatic Mm. and almost no possibility way of living, Mm. maybe there's another possibility. So thank you for just sitting through that. I just wanted to recap it in a way that people might've heard it in a different and more engaging way. Please continue. (laughs) It's wonderful
0: the way you, you just laid that out because being having been an edge worker for so long myself uh i i sometimes have to build the bridge backwards from from where we are and which is which is two ways it's very exciting to actually realize there's so many other possibilities and at the same time it's not going to help me or anybody to you know get so far away from comprehensibility that nobody can follow I try I'm trying to I I we have a hundred and eight websites right now that we're working on building to try to build bridges for people to get from where they are to something that is in some way respective have paying respects to the to the glory of being alive as a human being on Gaia on the earth now it's so it's such an honor to have a life and to be given a planet with this level of consciousness that's available, and so some of the some of the uh, the painfulness, the the downtrodden, overwhelming, burdensome um, condition of life in modern culture, which we're so busy. And so much in our minds to so that's so disconnected from from our full potential as ourselves that we we don't even have a language for the underworld we don't even have a language for the upper world we just are just like succumb to this rapid this busyness of the middle world and it's so overwhelming for us that uh, Uh, it's funny as I'm speaking the light is coming out up over the hill and the Sun is shining over here (laughs) no but it's true okay so like it's like um, you know there's these distinctions that one can experience with with a little bit of practice you can you can notice that that we are more than just our mind like you said we have these huge hearts so it's not a mistake from god that we have a heart and that it has feelings and and even though the modern culture leans on us to to suppress everything it's no wonder because the the clarity and power of our feelings is exactly the transformational force that will lead us out of the dark ages that we're in right now into some kind of um um what looks extraordinary, but is actually the the basis of adulthood presence on planet Earth. It's like this so so I totally agree with what you just said in terms of of where, where school leaves us in the face of a job and a debt and trying to buy all the things that we're told that we need to have in to survive in modern culture and and the oppression of the burden of thinking well god if i just work my ass off for 40 years then i can finally retire and start waking up and having a life and it's so ridiculous the whole the whole thing is really ridiculous and but but okay so how do you get from from that you know so to to something different and one of one of the ways that i really recommend is for people to come together in small groups every week and make yourself a little group and i i think dean aren't you don't you have a name for those groups do you have a name for groups yeah, like we, that? Call, we call that safe circle yeah so your safe circle so i call it a possibility team it's the same thing or a study group even but but the point is to is to is to find other people who who are having the same kind of questions and when we come together in our group every week we start building the courage to to ask those questions of each other or of ourselves and to become aware of some of the potential because it's so easy to see potential in other people it's just not easy to see potential in ourselves and so um, if if we can come together in these groups then it's you can look at God, you have this potential. Can't you see that about yourself? Look what you can do, look what you are, look what you can say, and and look what you're feeling. And I want to hear what you're feeling and please tell me what you're thinking and feeling. And all of a sudden there's this space that's that's a safe space that is a, a a sacred safe space that you can have every week in which you can unfold a little of this potential that that you didn't even know that you didn't know about. So it's like becoming aware of what we didn't even know we weren't aware about in these circles. And that is so beneficial because even these baby steps, these tiny baby steps, you make you make some baby steps once a week for a year, you're a different person and you have whole new capacities and whole new potentials unfold in you. And I really that for me is the, the most fantastic way to do that is to get together in small groups once a week and start asking the questions that people are not gonna just criticize you and judge you and like think that you're crazy or something, but people are gonna go, yeah, I had the same question. You know, what what can we do about this or what can we try? And these, these small groups coming together like that is fantastic.
1: Yep, I'm with you completely. And that is why we put together the notion of Safe Circle, our particular way mm-hmm. of talking about it. Um, i'm sure that you have volumes and volumes of material and suggested activities and and uh ways to build the skills and capacities of that kind of group all laid out i I certainly have my my somewhat smaller uh you know library of of uh potential uh well- building while
0: we're on that subject i mean yeah. people are welcome to go to possibilityteam.org and it yeah. just has there's a handbook there there's there's a list of i don't know 100 kinds of activities that people can try there's books and resources and videos to watch together and discuss and they all they all build this stuff in us that holds consciousness that holds they all build this stuff in us that are that uh, amplifies our ability to take responsibility so you know the thing is modern culture is arranged to give us the illusion of being taken care of, of of the police the government the school the institutions are supposed to take care of us and this is such a farce because on the one hand security doesn't exist in the world I mean, one time I was on the phone call in Arizona. I was, I was on the phone looking out my window and I saw this cute little sparrow eating some little grains or bugs or something that was on my back porch. And I felt so peaceful and so happy that this little sparrow was just able to just enjoy himself safely on my back porch. And in the next instant, this hawk came, and went, Shh, grabbed that thing, broke his neck, and just took off, and I dropped the phone. I mean I my world was shattered. My entire life just like, like like wait a minute wait a minute this is not part of the cartoon, you know. This is like this is not supposed to happen. Yeah. And it, it's so true. We all have had experiences that life is not secure and that that it isn't really possible to be safe and still show up. You know, you can try to hide out, you know, and 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 go in a cave somewhere and try to disappear or Protect ourselves from those forces of evil that are just everywhere. of it, but but in fact, far more far more um, rewarding is a way of, of of encouraging each other just to speak out and show up and stand up and take a stand for what we actually were born for. And, but it's these groups that do that. The groups will listen to each other and the groups will say, yeah, do this a little better. Like be more clear, like actually let your anger come out a little more, you know, or let your sadness come up and say what you're really feeling about this. And then we'll help each other speak and share and show up more. This is nutrition. This is this is vitamins. This is like, uh, this is empowerment in a, in a whole other way because, you know, we're all gonna die one, one way or another the the end is known the, and so and so what are you going to do before then is the question like you know so hiding out in a cave is one thing and 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 you know having a daring adventure is another thing and so um so i just i just really encourage people to make it safe to be bold to make it safe to be You know what I mean is uncriticized to like actually take a risk to dare to be to reach in yourself and find out what you were born for. I don't think I don't think you were born to wait around until you're retired and then you're so bored you just die. You know because you you don't even know how to live. So when you you don't have to work anymore, you don't have any idea what to do with yourself and you just fall over from some disease. You know so um there's so many possibilities that are uh, right in front of us right really each moment in front of us that i mean i'm if you put me in line at the post office or you know i'm i'm talking to people i i turn around and i do experiments in line in the post office and i i say look i'm i'm practicing making faces or i need to i need to make a presentation or can i ask you a dangerous question or God, I stand at the lines and, and I just don't know people and we, we're in the same neighborhood. Could you tell me about yourself? Or like there's so many, there's so much aliveness possible in almost every opportunity that there is. So experimenting is really a big for me, and experimenting in small groups is the is the best.
1: Yeah. If you don't mind, I'd like to stop there, you know, just pause and, and explore there for a minute. Because uh as as much as this last year has been a pretty interesting year of apparent growth of some, some kinds of interaction and some kinds of awareness and even possibly a a political orientation for people shifting. Um, And that's what polls are saying, but what, what consistently again in these past roughly five years where i've been keeping track the amount of people who don't interact even with their own family and friends the people you know that that the polls keep pointing to between two-thirds and three-quarters of us especially in the united states do not have conversations of substance with even the people closest to them not to mention people in the in the mail <laughs> in the post <laughs> office <laughs> what you're talking about yeah and so i'm wondering if you have anything to share because clearly a certain amount of your attention is on the cultivation of an engagement mm mm-hmm know they may never reach your level. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but you're clearly inviting people to a different way of deploying their attention and their presence in the world. And I'm wondering if you could speak to what you've seen with mm-hmm. people that you get to work with, or even people that you're having these random conversations with. Mm-hmm. What are you left with with what the real situation is with people? Could you give your yeah. perspective
0: on that? Yeah, the real situation is that we're inundated with uh images about how we're supposed to be. All the way from the superficial outer how we're supposed to look, the the clothes we're supposed to wear, the makeup, because we have these images from television or movies or from magazines, especially that that are um that are, are dumped on us about who, who, how we're supposed to look on the outside. But then, not only that, but how we're supposed to behave, even in intimate situations, in in bed with somebody or in sexual, in, you know, interactions or in private spaces. We have all these television shows and these movies that are are scripted and colored in all these in different kinds of ways. And and this is our our model for how to be. And so so then what happens is this split inside of us. It's this incredibly painful and uh, debilitating split between who we actually are and who we think we're supposed to be. And of course, we're going to try to be who we think we're supposed to be. For one reason, we try to be a good person, a good you know, or a good man or woman, or a good boy or girl, something like that, please the other people around us. And and um, while we do that, while while And the other reason is, is we try to be acceptable to those around us so that we fit in, so we get approval or acceptance or love or understanding. This love and acceptance and understanding is such a need for us. And so but we think that we're taught the way we're supposed to do it and we're shown by other people the way we're supposed to do it is to be like that. To be over there to give this impression to be to show that so we have this split inside us between what we actually feel and think and are in there which is uninspected for the most part and this show that we put on that's just fake and so this crack in us is is terrifying it's a terrifying crack between the show that we're supposed to put on the image we're supposed to give and what's really going on for us which is mostly uninspected it's mostly scary but the crack is terrifying and so it's far easier to not interact with somebody and have to put on this fake show and 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 we know it's fake. There's a part of us that knows that it's artificial and manufactured and not true. It isn't us. At the same time, we don't know the us that's inside to be able to take the risk of say, hey, hey, I'm hello, I'm I'm here, I'm right here right now, and I feel scared and I feel sad and I feel angry and I feel glad about these things and i have this picture i'm and i want this like one of the hardest things for us to say is actually i want that i want i don't want this and i want that we almost cannot say those things we also these two words in our vocabulary that almost don't exist are no and stop these words are almost not in our vocabulary because we're supposed to be yes or go along with or to to like be part of the crowd or the group and so here we look around and go oh god look at all these people they're all happy people i'm the only one who's not happy because because they're all pretending to be happy and i don't really know what's going on for them but they're just as scared as i am and they're all putting on the show so i try to put on the show so it's better to hide out away from each other and just entertain our mind in, in our intellect with media or music or something always going on and on in our mind and not actually be present. So uh, those people, the people, you know, when we, when I cannot, you know, if I cannot be myself, then I cannot be with another person. And being with another person is one of the most rewarding possible things there is, And but there's this gap in us between the show that we're trained to put on as a mask and as the illusion that we're happy or that, that uh, I know what's going on or that I'm in control of my life, this illusion. When in fact, the reality of it is so far away from that, that I don't know who I'm on, I'm not in control of my life, and I don't know who I am. And so this, the, the gap is such a shocking, scary thing that we would just rather hide out. And, and it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't have to be that way um, there's so many uh, there's not, there's more and more people taking the risk to to to, to uh, like abandon the mask abandon the show and the shell and go through this scary part of trying to find out what's really just there what's really who am I really and even if it's smaller or it has pimples or it's it's afraid or it doesn't know, you know, that taking the risk of saying that. Hey, I have pimples. I I don't look really good. I don't know how to have sex in bed because I, I I'm not like the sex movies. You know, I'm not like the pornographic movies. I can't do that. But you know, what I can be is present. I can be here with you, and and hello, you know hello, and it's over and over again, going back to back to the simplicity of my of my own noticing what I'm noticing and sharing that with another person and finding people who are 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 able you know interested and able to just share what they notice and, and notice what they notice and share with another person this is so powerful and precious and it's it sounds ridiculous almost what are you noticing well I noticed that that um the sun is shining in my face or I notice that that my voice is echoing in the room or I notice that my I'm sitting on a hard chair and it's not so comfortable and I notice that I have so much that I want to tell you and I really care about and you're listening to me you know these are so important things and um, this is this is the this, it, anyway this is what I'm this is the this is the key this is really to me it's the biggest key is to is to realize the two things in this gap in between the show and who i really am in this gap in between and dare to come back into who i really am even if it's not like i'm so spectacular as like in on the tv or in a movie or or so perfectly beautiful as the computer augmented graphics that we see everywhere you know
1: hey
0: you know here we are let's get real and that's a Fantastic foundation to stand on and be together is so is so rewarding and so um, possible it's just so possible
1: yeah I I really appreciate you taking us to that particular spot Um, I I don't think we've ever really talked about um, you know kind of the the layout that I use in in my books and and in my, my own body of work but it in this particular zone I, I bet you it's pretty similar it i just find there's that preciousness you're describing by being truly present in the moment it is the ultimate in simplicity you know that's what the whole zen thing's about right <laughs> and um there's uh i would just like to to give you the the short version of Uh, Kind of what got us here for my you know in, in my jargon and so on and just see if you could riff off that and and maybe just see what you're inspired to say I In writing the impossible conversation. I kept asking myself the simplest questions I could muster That went to as close to the center of what I was doing as I could Like what got us here? once I established that what, it, what we're in is not just a bunch of problems, but actually predicaments, I started asking, so what got us here? Cause this is insane. And every time I would ask that question, I would get one version or another of we've disconnected. We either disconnected from, and I, I just, Made a few categories just for ease of conversation um, that we've disconnected from the primary sources of meaning in human life. That's deeper self, others, earth, and soul. And I'm sure that, you know, 10 people in a room, you'd have 12 different ways of saying that with different categories. But, you know, that was just what I came up with to, for workability and the the one piece of really good news that I found in this process is the the this crystalline this um absolutely ecstatic simplicity in in the the actual act of reconnecting in any of those domains. It can look like, oh my God, you know, yes, it's predicaments we're all gonna die and everything's so complex and there's never, you know, all that. And again, the good news that I knew from my experience before, but before I didn't have the collapse of earth and human systems breathing down my neck. But even now with all that pressure, that sweet, simple truth is there every time I touch even a drop of that reconnection. So I don't know if that sparks you to say anything, but I wanted to kind of give you a sense of of the words I often use and so on.
0: I have this picture that Gaia, which is the, spirit of the earth has been doing experiments the whole time to try to get an organism that is complex enough to become conscious of the consciousness that's in the field around all the time
1: Mm.
0: and i it's a dangerous thing for a planet to do because if the initiatory processes that um the two basic initiatory processes are avoided then the organism can go off into its own ego or its own if its own uh, like a separate reality from the earth and from the human the the life as as an organism on a planet that's so interconnected and so interwoven and, and not independent and these the two initiations are i am not my body so so the body is there but the thing that's talking is not the body you know the thing that's that's talking is the thing that has is the consciousness that can can be reflected or manifested through the body and and the other disidentification that's necessary as an initiatory process into adulthood is i am not my mind i am not my belief system i'm not my uh self-image I'm not my comfort zone, you know. I'm I'm not my worldview, and so that's the second uh, initiatory process that is mandatory to become adult. And so these initiatory processes have been banned from society for about five thousand years, ever since we started organizing ourselves in hierarchical structures, and the 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 using hierarchical power structures in any kind of an organization is a a terminal design error because hierarchical structures can be hijacked by those who are best at doing whatever it takes to get a position of power in the hierarchy and it turns out that the three percent of the human population that have a disconnect between their heart and their mind the sociopathic psychopathic personalities those are the those are the style of personality that is most capable of doing whatever it takes to get power so if you have a hierarchical structure in your any organization it will be hijacked by psychopaths and that's what's happened to to humanities uh, organizations around the world especially the last 50 years have been completely taken over at the top levels. By psychopathic personalities who have no idea at all of creating a bright future for humanity. And so, all of our supplications and all of our propositions and offers and proposals and requests and demands, even that have an immense amount of research and intelligence for creating a a bright future together, um, don't cause any result. Uh, resulting change because it's 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 the the hierarchical power structures only defending the psychopathic agenda, which is basically more power and more uh, money and resources focused at the top, because the the psychopathic personality is is terrified, it's terrified of being discovered and terrified of being different and terrified of losing control, because if it if it doesn't have control then it would have to be present, and presence is, is intolerable for a psychopath because they're disconnected from their own heart, so they have no capacity for being present. Right. And it's so visible, as soon as you know this, it's so visible in what we see, but yeah.
1: I'm just, I'm just curious if you wouldn't mind uh, exploring a, a little piece that I think might fit right in this spot in what you're laying out, because um, as I lay out my version of that story um, I bumped into, you know, there's a lot of talk about how uh, we're, we're storytelling beings and in the stories we tell ourselves and so on, and um, some of that I can kind of get, and it's strong, and some of it I haven't quite really understood or gotten, but that's a whole other story. The, the piece that I want to run by you is um, if... A core narrative is an important part of the construct of our culture. Let's just say for a moment that it is. I'm proposing that somewhere in the in the early to mid twentieth century, we actually collectively forfeited the, our uh, individual or familial. Or c- cultural core narratives, whatever we brought to the United States in particular, to be able to say, you know, yeah, we did it like this in, in Italy, or this is the way my culture always did it, or whatever. And that, especially people who are driven to succeed in in the corporate model, that kind of thing, that what we actually replaced the um, the ambience or the individual stories with is some some version of the corporate charter that really the only dynamic that was allowed uh, that has been allowed to be in the center of our culture is you toe the line in the corporate structure and your job is to provide uh, profit for the shareholders for the owners of the corporation, period. And if you're good at it, you get rewarded out the wazoo. And if you're not so good at it, you go further and further down the ladder until you're kicked out. And so I think that's that's one way of seeing this, you know, what we see in the news daily about how many homeless people there are, people struggling and everybody doing 80 hour weeks and on and on it goes and so what to, what that does to me is it it expands it from the 3% who are truly psychopathic like no question that's a sick endeavor you know <laughs> but the what that inclusion of some variant of the corporate charter does if if that's workable is it means everybody whether they're conscious of it or not is is actually brainwashing themselves to be more and more functional in that story in that narrative and and they know if i do this i'll be rewarded more anything else and i will not be so i don't know if that sparks you to say anything but the the
0: even from the very first day of school, we're trained to give our authority away. Mm. And so one of the first things when, when, uh, when I'm with, with groups of people, we start getting our center back, taking our center back. So it's our energetic center, and uh, it's actually equated to our own authority. And so when you take your attention and put it on your energetic center and find out where you gave it, Which is often like you said, to a story that somebody else invented for their own benefit. Um, You can take your attention and find your center wherever it is and use your intention and move your energetic center and put it on your physical center. Mm -hmm. Suddenly you have a different experience of yourself and you're connected to the world in a different way. And that's called being centered. Mm -hmm. So if you're a ballerina or a martial artist or, um, uh, an acrobat or something like that then you know what it feels like to be centered but the moment that that you face another person like a boss or a, uh, somebody who's judging you or criticizing you or blaming you or insulting you is so we haven't been trained to keep our center even in the face of criticism or feedback or stories meeting a person whose story is different from ours who seems to have more authority than we do because they're backed by a bunch of other people who have their story so this thing about being responsible for the stories that we hold and tell that's we can take responsibility for that and so do i have to have a story that matches your story well there were 700 years of inquisitions that killed people who didn't have the same story as the catholic church And so it took out a lot of people. And for 700 years, as 30 some generations of people passed down, the mother said, the first thing you have to watch out for is what do the neighbors think? So that your story matches their story. And so we're deeply, deeply trained in uh, imitating and matching the story that we see in the world around us as if it's a true story, but there's no such thing as a true story. How can there be a true story it is all story and so what when you take your, atten- your attention and put it on your center move your center to your physical center and experience being centered all of a sudden you have the capacity to create a different story and not only that you can in you can have a, a like a bubble of your own story culture, your own culture. You can invent the culture that you would love to live in and you can live in that culture. And so people think, well, God, you you, you can't really because, you know, then you're isolated or then you're just a crazy person or then you're walking around in a bubble of your own culture. And I, I say, actually, we're doing that all the time already. We just don't know it. We just uh, forfeit, like you said, our, our authority to Uh, standing in what we know is true and right and good for us to a massively mediated and marketed uh, stupid story about what a human being is and then essentially it works to make us a slave in an economic system that has no future for the planet or anybody so it's it's radical on the one hand to say hey that story doesn't apply to me you can have that story if you want but i you can stand right across from somebody and say god that's an amazing story you have you 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 spend your your time and energy trying to get money what's money like what's you're gonna what does that let you do it lets you survive you know i'd rather live rather than survive so i have i have i invest in connections with people i invest in love happening i invest in creating possibility as a service for my community and everywhere i go there's more possibility and more love happening and people shine more so i'm i don't i i kind of not interested in your story your your world doesn't looks pretty dead and dry to me it's like you're offering me sand and i'm thirsty you know and you're going to offer me sand well i'm not so interested in sand because i'm thirsty for something else so you can have your sand and i'll i'll you know, I'll keep my love and you know exchange of being and presence and joy, and empowering other people in their own potentials, and keep your sand. And so, this is wild stuff to say, but it's so obvious. It's ridiculous. It's like it's insanely like inconceivable how how people can buy into a story that's so so unrewarding. And you know, yeah, I want to be a, I want to be your slave give me a fake currency that's built on nothing and I'll try to survive and that's great for me you know forget it Like really forget it take that and shove it somewhere where there's no light you know and I don't give a shit what you I don't care I know enough people who are are more interested in becoming alive and in creating uh, who work in circles they do not work in hierarchies they work in circles there is no you cannot have a psychopath in a circle. There's a there's a website called TaurusTechnology.org, and it's just a meeting technology for people to work in circles and make decisions and create new stuff together, but working in circles. And it applies from everything from clubs to businesses to, to um, NGOs, really, it applies everywhere, TaurusTechnology.org. And you've got a whole alternative system to the hierarchy that works way better because it uses group intelligence, and it unleashes creative collaboration. And it's just, it's wonderful. So there's a, there's a, I think we're just at the edge of coming out of the dark ages, and this dominant um, story, like you said, uh, is so unbelievable these days. It's so, it's so false. It's just like so, uh, it's the opposite of life. And why would you want to put your children in a school system that's going to brainwash and hammer them into verbal reality, where where they have to, you know, defend their mind and and shut off everything else, you know, in their the rest of their five bodies, you know, as a resources like we have five bodies, not just an intellect, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. there's so much more possible in the world. So
1: yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah. So let me, let me do one, another one of those pause things that I did before. <laughs> <laughs> These are great. Because, um, I know, you know this, but I just want to say it again for the folks that are watching. Um, my experience of when, when you were talking about getting your start in transformational work, um, it was roughly the same time as I was, was doing that and, um, It was exciting times, it was great work, I don't regret a moment of it, and so on. But the thing that I know is that it was a different time in our culture. And it was um, all all the participation in that work was discretionary. And for some reason, there was a critical mass of people who said, yeah, I'll spend money and spend a couple of weekends and I'll do that. And then I'll go do the advanced work that they offer. Yeah, I'll keep spending money and keep volunteering my time and blah, blah, blah. And that was, that was the, what made it all work, all, the particular lineage I was on. Mm-hmm. And the part that I wanted to pause and really shine a light on, again, what you just said, that now it ain't discretionary. Mm. Now I think you... I'd I'd be amazed if you weren't in the same mindset of seeing, like, a tsunami of people waking up and realizing. You know, just any take any young person who's thinking about college, and it it, it's just the first thirty seconds of the conversation of, do I want to get hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt, for the unlikely possibility that I'll actually find a job that will allow me to pay off that debt and wait a second aren't there 16 different things I know about that are making it unlikely that life will be the same for my that was for my parents for me in 10 years everything's looking worse so that that kind of uh, thought process is dawning on people no matter where they are on this on the spectrum of ever having heard of anything transformational or any, doing any personal growth work or no matter what their political orientation it's really down to a wait a second <laughs> which up till now just even saying wait a second was heresy you know families would freak out and explode about wait a second what are you trying to stop us for we need to get you on that train and i'm seeing especially in the light of weight the way you just said it we're what we're looking at is especially in the privileged and developed countries like the states it it ain't so privileged anymore there's some questions being thrown in that all of a sudden, people who would usually be right on track and pushing ahead and doing the whole, the whole corporate track are indeed pausing and taking a moment. And what better staging for exactly what you're describing in your body of work?
0: Yeah, our job is, is not to fight the system. We don't have to fight the system. You know this is from Buckminster Fuller but right. our job is you don't you don't change things by by fighting the existing game worlds you you change things by creating the game worlds that that make the existing game worlds irrelevant
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and so it's such a creative power and the whole what you're talking about is the to. Tr- I mean I'm like all like what I want to say is I encourage people to trust that wait a minute thing you know to hold on just a second like really to trust that a thousand percent because it's not it's not off it's not wrong it's not stupid it's not crazy it's it's a wake-up call that that will you know send you off into a different track you know And, and this track here is predictable it's like we know the linear life plan you know, you end up in a grave and the life before then is really a lot like being in the grave anyway. So it's a desperate kind of life. And there's all these branch points where you where you can go off and live in, in a in a completely different way and abandon the system. And as, as there's really you know, I, I got rid of my American passport. Really I got rid of it. And there, there's so many people getting rid of their American passports right now that they raised the price on it to try to inhibit people from getting rid of your passport yeah. but it's it's like the people you know if by abandoning the the illusion of supporting the mainstream game world by by abandoning your fear of that and just go wait a minute no you know no 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 there's something else If you just trust that, really trust that thing, even if you don't know what it is, and then get together with people who are going, hey, wait a minute, you have a hey, wait a minute circle, you know, and go, hey, look at you're not crazy. What is it you actually want to do? What is it you actually turns you on? What is it that that makes sense to you actually? And that empower that in each other.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Clinton, I can feel the envelope of our time is is coming to a close and i'm sad about that because i could i could definitely talk yeah. today with you and i it's just so much fun it's always such a, a deep juicy pleasure to to speak with you um i'd like to just recap a couple things um and actually before i do that um full disclosure i thank you so much for sending the information about the um, the expand the box trainings which is the kind of the entry level exposure to your work That people will find and I'm gonna ask you in just a moment to remind us of the Websites and so on and I'll be sure to post those things Both on the screen and and also in the show notes when when I post this uh, episode of the podcast But I just wanted to do full full disclosure that I, I'm gonna get myself to uh, one of the expand the box programs here in uh southern oregon there happens to be one coming up in a couple months so i'm very very happy about that and um and again just really thrilled that we've uh finally reconnected and i i really just hope against hope that uh, this is not our last time we get to talk i'd love to make this a regular uh regular session if uh, if you're up for it but if you wouldn't mind if you could just uh uh run by us uh one more time some of the entry level uh, places where people can find more and more information about what you're up to.
0: One of the great ways to do, to learn, uh, to get inspired to do experiments on an ongoing weekly basis is called sparkexperiments.org. And it's, uh, you These are every week is a one or two page, couple pages of uh, a distinction, a powerful distinction and then some notes and then some experiments to try and those daily experiments just uh, unleash this uh, potential in you that you maybe didn't even know that you had but it's these all these hidden potentials in human beings. Get unleashed by doing experiments, and so that's these are sparkexperiments.org. So this is a wonderful email program you can sign up, and it's in even in some different languages. So that's fantastic. So that's I'm trying to spread that around as an entryway. There's another website called distinctionary.xyz. So it's distinctionary, just like dictionary, but distinctionary.xyz people say they read this thing and their lives change because they just get new ways of thinking about things they never thought of how to think about so it's a very fun and exciting online resource the main website for connecting to this field of possibility management is possibilitymanagement.org and it talks about what possibility management is and the trainings and Ah, uh, calendar has a calendar, and it has all kinds of uh, support for that. And the other one that's great is I mentioned before, the possibilityteam.org website is abundant and rich with uh, possibilities for what ways to um, interact and support each other in small groups in a weekly meeting. It's a fantastic uh, resource. And,
1: and that, that also, that was possibility team.org yes okay great
0: yeah and the, there's an, another project like i said these 108 websites that we're working on solely over here to load up with as much as we can it's just beginning now so that um it's not so it's not so populated yet but it's it's great to get in early on this is a it's a, a massively multiplayer online and offline personal transformation game called startover.xyz is the website for that and one that one that's in there is, is um if it, it's a bunch of bubbles and you click on the bubbles and one on top is called spaceport and that's a it's a kind of a library of the different websites easily easily to see so yeah. those are some resources that we're trying to get out to people because you know the revolution is inside you know the revolution is in yourself and you know the joy of that and I know the joy of that and the biggest joy for me is for people to turn on about themselves and what's possible for themselves it's so wonderful when people go really I can do I can do this and I'm that and god this is in me and well, here we go let's and so this is so wonderful and and I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. The stand that you've taken in the world that something else is possible is completely in alignment with the
1: Dean Walker that I know, so. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Clinton, just um, your your last comment there, and, and and I do let that in, and I do thank you for that, and I want to really turn it toward you as well there's um I, I am guessing that you surround yourself with people who have the ability to see you and see each other and see themselves through a frame of possibility mm-hmm. so i am assuming that you are seen plenty <laughs> so but just in case there's a little little stop. I just want you to know that I I see you and I appreciate you. And uh, I can, I'm I'm hard pressed to imagine a more important body of work at this remarkable time in human history. Thank you so much and please pass on my love and appreciation to your team. And I really look forward to being exposed to your work in a couple months. Thanks for for being with us here.
0: We'll talk to you again soon then.
1: All right, brother. Thanks for watching another episode of the Poetry of Predicament podcast produced by Dean Walker and the Living Resilience Alliance www.livingresilience.net. Music today from Michael Hedges as always and also Port Blue into the Sea. Also available on our website, www.livingresilience.net, is a wide array of articles, online learning series, arranging group and individual resilience coaching, and sign up for our every other Tuesday free support group that we call Safe Circle Calls.